Hey y'all and welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. Uh the Rabbit Hole Show. Uh real quick, the mission statement uh, that we came up with. The Rabbit Hole Show, a mental health podcast founded by me, Charles Height, was created as a platform for sharing stories. Like many, I believed I was alone in my struggles. I aimed to keep my depression, anxiety, and addiction hidden, only making things worse. Last year, I found myself at rock bottom and knew I had to make a change to save my life. We all have a story. We all struggle. The good news, we are not alone in the battle. So come join the Rabbit Hole Show community with weekly episodes of vulnerability, accountability, encouragement, and hope. And this week, we have a very long-time friend uh, of mine, Tyler McNeil. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> glad to be on here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Yeah. Um, so I met Tyler in second grade at Carmel Baptist and didn't know our friendship, you know, would be as long-lasting as it has, but he's been a solid friend of mine, uh, especially, uh, you know, college and then post-college with my struggles. So I wanted to have him on, share his story, and talk about, you know, my journey and kind of how he's been alongside me in that journey. So Tyler, take it away. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. And, uh, it's exciting. And, um, I think, uh, you know, you and I have, we talk almost daily and, um, I think we've, you know, obviously seen each other a little less, um, still been local. Right. But, uh, I think we're just with, you know, the whole COVID thing and everything else, uh, obviously seen each other less, um, but I've had a chance to catch up, but I, I'm looking forward to the conversation. I think bringing me here, uh, appreciate you having me. Um, but you know, I think, uh, we'll learn hopefully a little bit more about myself and talking to you and a little bit more actually about your story. Um, I think I know it all, but I, 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 I don't think I, I may actually. So, um, but looking forward to that, uh, hoping, you know, the audience here can learn a little bit more about you and, um, anything that I can offer in my story that would help them out. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little about yourself for yeah. our audience, kind of who Tyler McNeil is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So born and raised in Charlotte, uh, still live in the area, um, a little bit more out in the sticks, um, but still, still, still local. Um, and, uh, so, uh, you know, grew up, you know, I would say normal life, um, you know, lo two loving parents, uh, younger brother, um, you know, grew up, um, going to church, you know, going to school, hanging out with friends, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I guess we'll get into a lot more later maybe. Um, but, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, married, uh, to a beautiful wife, um, have a beautiful two-year-old daughter. Um, so that's a big part of my life. I love it. Um, love uh being a husband love being a father um so that's a i think a big part of my identity is is uh those two those two women at the house um and uh and so um you know yeah um love to uh love to woodwork um something i got into a couple of years ago um and really i think picked up uh during uh kind of that that covid season um working from home a lot and um spending more time at home and um becoming a, a dad and, and, and the pandemic. And so I think there's a lot to that. Um, but really woodworking, uh, kind of took the, the shape and the form of a passion, uh, not just a hobby, but a passion, um, and something I love. Um, and so do that, um, work full time, um, as a young professional. Um, so enjoy my career, uh, I enjoy what I do. Um, and I'm thankful to, to, to do, um, to do that and be able to, you know, work from home and, 
uh, to to uh, explore my passions at work. So yeah, a little bit about me. And uh, yeah, so we go back uh, pretty far, second grade. I don't know if it's actually second grade, but it's 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 uh, somewhere somewhere around that. that um, we've always said it was on the second floor at Carmel Baptist in the Sunday school. Yes. It was. That's the story we're sticking to. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I I've always lived in Charlotte, um, but I lived in a different part of Charlotte, and so second, third, whatever. I don't know what what grade it actually was. <laughs> um, it was young. Um, my my family ended up moving um, just to a, a bigger house, different area. Um, I think something more long term for me and my brother. Um, so and that's when we started uh, visiting uh, local churches um, in that specific area. So. Um, I think uh, that's when we landed at Carmel and met you. And from there, it's, it's history. Um, so, um, yeah, I didn't have, you know, I think second grade, third grade, you know, I think at that point I can only imagine now because I don't remember. But, you know, you know, you know what friends are and you want to have friends. Um, and so that move, I think, was I remember the move and, you know, kind of being taken out of my my school and putting into an, being put into another school. Um, and so didn't have, you know, kind of. Even though it was local, um, it still felt like a long way um, as a second or third grader, as a young kid. And so, yeah, when we met, hit it off. And uh, so you were, I'd say, one of my first friends in my in my new home, my new area of Charlotte. So I uh, appreciate you sticking with me all these years. Oh, yeah. Because we had <laughs> recently moved from Battle Forest okay. to Mountain Brook. Okay. Didn't have to switch schools or anything, yeah. but uh, grew up. I think it was until 98 and then we moved to Mountain Brook. Okay. Um, but it was a double cul-de-sac, you know, had the girls, as I call them, the May sisters and the Hargets and other families. And it was, you know, you could go out and parents didn't have to worry like they do nowadays, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, moving as, as a kid is hard because you have those bonds as a kid you know, that you're playing with every day and then you move to another part of the, you know, city or um, for some cross country, whatnot, but having to, you know, make new friends in Mm -hmm. your new environment. Um, But yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm glad we met. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't, I think now that you said that, I was like, I don't remember much about moving, but I do remember the friends I left behind. Um, even as a really young kid, you know, you still remember those kids you hung out with in your neighborhood and neighborhood and school. Um, and so that is something that you do remember. Um, you know, so again, I don't remember much of else about it, but I do remember the friends I left behind. And so, yeah, um, you know, building up new friends as a, a youngster. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, but yeah, I think, you know, kind of fast forward and, uh, you know, again, fairly normal childhood and, um, up in a loving home parents are still married and still live in the same house that i moved to um and so obviously now now they're grandparents uh with uh with my daughter um and uh um but yeah i mean i think high school middle school high school because you we we never went to the same school we went to carmel middle for one year yeah and and then then i went to covenant day um and so yeah we it is interesting you know our bond and friendship um you know as strong as it was and but school is a big part of your life it takes up a lot of your time i mean as a kid right you know monday through friday from morning till evening mm-hmm. and that's who you know you're hanging out with but even through all that not going to the same school as you um for most of that time except for that one year staying that strong of close to friends uh friendship and we didn't live that far away from each other but um you're definitely uh the house that i spent the most time at uh, other than my own house so yeah i'd say 
same, you know, because <laughs> it wasn't far and we'd ride our bikes to each other's house. I think it was yeah. maybe two miles about yeah. yep. or something. Pretty much down one road, one big road, but on a sidewalk. And then, yep. you know, you'd hit, hit, our, hit the neighborhood. So, yeah. And then we uh, played basketball together a lot, rec <laughs> basketball. Yeah, um, I tried to play. I was never, uh, I was never, I always wanted to be a really good athlete. Um, I would just say I was an average athlete and I was a scrawny, scrawny kid. Um, I hit my growth spurt, you know, really early. And then, so, you know, I don't know what it was, had to have been six, I don't know, six, seventh grade. And you like, in once, you know, one year you feel like you grow like eight inches. You're like, oh man, I'm going to be like six foot six if I'm growing at this rate. And I never grew an inch after that. So I'm like, I'm a hair under six foot. But I, I've been that way since sixth grade. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you were always the definitely the better basketball player. We played football. We tried to play football. I did one season, and then I was too big, <laughs> and they had me on the line, and I was like, I'm not a lineman. And that's but how I you, wish I would have played more football. That's how you know. And so I think that's how you know you're not good at football is when the coach puts me. I'm five foot ten, a buck forty, um, on, on the line on an O-line, I'm like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not good when they're putting me on the O-line. Like, you know, if I was good, I'd been receiver or safety or, you know, something like that. Um, quarterback, you know, running back, something that gets the ball, but I wasn't good. So they just put me on the line to, to try to block and tackle. Um, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, that was definitely, uh, you know, a lot of good memories, a lot of good yeah. memories. Yeah. Um, I think that's where the bond comes from because we were on teams together yeah. and, uh, you know, that bond, we, and youth group and uh we had and even choir trips mm -hmm. um we did but then uh gardner webb is kind of where i'd say it went to another level yeah maybe. yeah no i think you're absolutely right so back up a, just a little bit of i guess for the audience and those viewing um or listening about me is um and so growing up in school i was uh, i would just say an average student um i always tried i wanted to learn um, I, I wouldn't say I like really enjoyed school growing up in grade school, um, but I always wanted to learn and always wanted to try to, to do better. Um, and I think there were some self-confidence things with reading and comprehending, you know, uh, different problems you had to solve and things like that. Um, but it just never in, in up, up through high school, it never clicked for me, uh, education. And, uh, and so, um, with all that said, you know, starting, I don't know, sophomore, junior year, um, you start to think about, Hey, what are my next steps? Right. Um, where am I going? Am I going to college? What college am I going to? And, and in the area that we grew up in, um, at least from my perspective, everything, everybody was going to college. It was just, the it next was just, that was, part of that life. was what you do. Um, it's like yeah. after elementary, you go to middle yeah. school, it was kind of, yeah. yeah. And I think, and maybe for some different parts of the state or the United States, or, um, you know, that may be different, like there may be different cultures or different statuses that, um, you know, there may be more options or more, uh, openness to doing other, exploring other options. But I guess in my, for my, in my experience, in my perspective, I felt like everyone, that's what you did. You just went to college. Um, there was no other option. Um, and so that was a struggle for me is, um, and so, uh, my parents didn't go to college. Um, grandparents didn't go to college. Um, and so, um, I ended up eventually going to college. Um, I was a, so a first generation college student. Um, and, uh, my parents have done very well for themselves, yeah, they um, have. extremely well for themselves, um, um, with, with, in the absence of college. Um, and so for me, uh, even though it was kind of that, that net, that natural next step of the area we lived in, it wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to pursue or didn't pursue 
uh, didn't didn't have the openness to pursuing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of it was, you know, I'm not smart enough, you know, uh, you know, again, the self-confidence things that come into play, right? Um, everyone's smarter than me. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a C student. I get some Bs every once in a while, but it's I'm most mainly, yeah, yeah. I'm mainly a C student. Um, and, uh, and again, trying, you know, but it just wasn't clicking. Um, and so with all that to say, um, you know, I started to think about, hey, what other options are there that may be different than what most kids do around, you know, in the Charlotte area, South Charlotte area. And so um, ended up, um, and I don't really know, honestly, thinking back, I don't really remember um, or can recall the thought process that went through my head um, to get to this point. Um, but eventually ended up saying, hey, I'm going to go into the military um, right after high school. And that was the plan. And so, um, I don't even remember, I guess I talked to my parents, I had to talk to my parents about it. Um, but again, I don't recall what that conversation looked like or, or felt like, um, I don't recall much of it, but I just remember like knowing like, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, so at that point I got pumped up about it. Um, and I felt like it was a good fit for me. Uh, so, um, ended up going, um, and joining what's called the pulley program, uh, for the Marine Corps and the local Charlotte recruiting office, you know, went, did the whole nine yards, right? Took the exam, got the medical evaluation. Um, I was actually uh, training uh, with the the recruiting office and another a group of individuals that were also going off to uh, boot camp uh, for the Marine Corps. Um, and so I was I was full in. I was committed, um, and uh, and really enjoying it actually. Um, and uh, had my even had my ship date um, of when I was going. Um, and so that was the path that I had chosen, um, you know, for me after, after high school. And it looked much different again than most, uh, most kids, um, spoiler alert, I never joined the military. Um, uh, and I'll, you know, continue to talk more about that, but I want to make sure the record's straight, um, love the military, respect the soldiers. Um, I mean, they sacrificed everything for us. Um, but, uh, God had a different plan for me, um, different path. Um, and, um, uh, so kind of going back to the story, um, I think for me, there was never a consideration for college. It was just, hey, college isn't for me. I didn't really think about it much more than that. Um, and so we'll kind of fast forward uh, to my, to, to kind of, I think it was senior year, um, maybe around spring break time. Um, so a little bit before spring break of our senior year, uh, I started to kind of get this notion in my, in my head of like, hey, should I be considering a different option? Um, and and from that, um, my, my parents have been kind of speaking into me, um, uh, to my life about, Hey, you know, military is great. We support you. Um, but, but you can also go to college and still pursue the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's an option is, Hey, you can still go to the military. Um, but you should really, I think, consider college. Um, and so it really started with my parents kind of trickling that idea in my mind. Um, and up until that point, no one had challenged me on college. Um, no one had ever sat down and talked with me and said, Tyler, I really think you should think about college. And it was my parents that started that, 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 uh, kind of, uh, sprinkled that idea in my mind. Um, and, uh, and it was in a loving supportive way. I I think they were supportive of me going to the military, but I think they were just, you know, trying to give me some other options and help me stretch my, um, kind of stretch me farther than what I thought I could do. Um, not that, not that I would be selling my short in the military, selling myself short in the military, but more so, Hey, you can have both college and military. And then, um, from that, you know, I think you were, had gotten accepted into Gardner web by that time. And so, you know, a lot of my close friends, you know, were going to college and, 
Um, again, I think it was just kind of a slow process, but I, I quickly came to the conclusion of, hey, I actually think I could do this college thing. And before I didn't think I could. Mm -hmm. It was a self-confidence thing, right? I didn't have confidence that I could actually go because I wasn't a good, you know, I was a, I was an average student and it just I had to try really hard to 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 get a C. <laughs> yeah. Um and so and so I just didn't think I could do it. Um and so, but I think it was different, including yourself and I think your parents, my parents, um, and uh, some different people that started to, I think, encourage me to consider that. And so it was, it, I think it was spring break. I think we were going to, I, I know for a fact that you and I were on, going on spring break. Probably together. Isle of Palms. I think it was Isle of Palms. Yeah. And it was like a week before that. Um, in the pulley program, I wasn't so far to where I could have, uh, I, I was, I could still pull out if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I wasn't uh, like locked in. Um, and so I think it was, uh, I, you know, along this time, I was really starting to think about it a lot more. Like, hey, I like this idea of military and college um, at the same, uh, you know, both, you know, not an or, but a both and. Um, and so it was like a week before spring break. And I called the, I went into the recruiter's office and handled it, had a difficult conversation, but I was like, like, I'm not doing this. Like, thank you. Like, but I'm, I'm going to college and this, here's, here's what I want to do. And, um, and it is still included military. And so, um, again, I don't remember what that conversation looked like, but all I remember is that, you know, I, I wasn't going to boot camp. And so that was right before spring break. And so we were going on spring break. I was like, all right, so I'm not going to the military. I want to go to college. It's super late, you know, to start applying. What am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and so I think it was during spring break to where you talked to me and it was like, hey, man, apply to Garden Web. We could be roommates. I remember like. <laughs> Cause I, I wanted you to follow your dreams and do what you wanted to do. But I was like, my best friend's going to the military, like anything can happen overseas, you yeah. know, like, and that scared me. And so I remember I would text you, um, you know, college is an option. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that was where, you know, that, I think this, that spring break was, it happened at a good time. Cause I think we, you and I were able to, able to talk about it more, um, in depth, you know, we were seniors, you were going to college. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so at the, I think it was at the end of spring break where I had made a decision in my mind, like I'm going to college and I'm applying to Gardner Webb because I guess I can still apply <laughs> to Gardner Webb. And, uh, I think they maybe did a rolling admission. Um, and so me, yeah. So, um, anyway, long story short, I ended up, we ended up going to Gardner Webb together. I got accepted and we went my you know freshman year. And so we were roommates there. Um, and so I was, I was pumped, but like, all right, college, you know, um, you know, rooming with my best buddy. Um, uh, so yeah, we started our a college journey together. Yeah. And a lot Web. of times they say when you live with your best friend, you're not best friends afterwards. Right. Um, and that's not the case for us, but we did mm. learn a lot about each we other. <laughs> you probably were more of a babysitter for me, maybe. Uh, but yeah, talk about that kind of your yeah. experience with me at Gardner Webb freshman year. Yeah. I think you and I, you and I had, we, we, you know, we took a lot of the same classes. I think we took some classes together. Mm -hmm. Um, we obviously lived together. We did everything. We went to football games together. We, you know, ate together. Um, you know, so we did a lot of things together, but you and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but from how I remember it is, yeah, you and I had fairly, fairly different, uh, our, you know, fairly, fairly different, uh, journeys, our freshman year of college. You know, we, we kind of had different paths that we went down. Yeah. Um, I think, um, and so for me, I still had the idea of military. And so I was like, Hey, ROTC, perfect way to do it. Right and apply um to for a scholarship because Gardner Webb was not cheap um no. and so I was taking out loans at the time um and so ended up joining ROTC um with the intention of you know, applying for a scholarship 
uh, for and to be, uh, be an ROTC um, and you know join the military as a commissioned officer um, after college. That was the plan. Um, you know, it, it pivoted from where I was to going to college to now you know going to college and being an ROTC. Um, and so that's what I did um, my freshman year. And that freshman year for me was the most pivotable, 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 excuse me, um, time in my life. And so I think it's exactly what I needed was that freshman year um, at Gardner Webb. I can't tell you any of the classes I took. I don't remember. I'm sure it was a great education, um, but I cannot tell. I can't, I don't recall any of the classes I took, but what I, the, the, the biggest thing I remember about that freshman year was ROTC. Um, and that's actually where I learned. And for me, that's where it clicked. Education clicked. And I, and I truly believe that it was, that it was being an ROTC for that year. They taught me time management. They taught me discipline. What time did I wake up every morning for, for PT? 4.45, 5 a.m. 5, like 5, 5 o'clock every morning my freshman year. And my laundry, because um, I hated folding laundry. I would <laughs> clean the clothes, but I wouldn't fold them. And they'd yeah. be on that green couch, couch we had. Yep. And, you know, you would just lay on top of them because I didn't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what I would do is I would wake up at, I don't, I think, I think I had to be maybe like report to PT at five, five thirty every morning. So I'd wake up at five and get dressed. And then I would use your pile of clothes to take like a, a five minute nap on, yep. <laughs> thinking that would give me some more energy. Um, but, and so again, it taught me discipline, the time management, um, it taught me, you know, the importance of studying. It taught me how to study. Um, you know, it, it taught me everything. It, you know, I was put in. You know, RTC is about leadership development, and like within the military, they're teaching how to become an officer, um, or at least you know, give you the the skills and ability, and so you can put that into practice later and then learn how to be a, a leader in the in the military, I guess. Um, and so I was. They were instilling those values in me. Um, freshman year of college. Um, and so again, and again, putting, being put in leadership positions, um, within ROTC and being put through the stress test, like no other, because it was, um, it was, it was very, it was very demanding actually. Um, and again, most of everyone in ROTC, uh, were, was becoming commissioned officers. Most of them were on scholarships, so they were fully committed. Um, and, uh, and I was looking for a little bit extra, I guess, extra push physically. I was like, I want to gain some weight. I want to like bulk up. I'd always been scrawny. And so, <laughs> um, I actually tried out for this, this team called like, it was, a the, the Ranger challenge team. And, mm -hmm. uh, and somehow some way ended up making that team. Um, and so kind of couple ROTC and the values and everything they're instilling, but also what was super impactful for me that I still remember to this day. And I think, again, I still, um, you know, who I am today, I think is a big part of what Gardner Webb and ROTC did for me. Um, but there was three guys there. One of them was a year older and then two of them were two years older. So I was a freshman, one of them sophomore, the two were juniors and they were, um, you know, they were who I wanted to be like, they were fit in shape. Um, you know, they were, they, you know, they were sociable. They were cool around campus. Like everyone knew them. Um, they were smart, like, like they, these guys had it together. And so I, I looked to them as, Hey, like, that's a model for me. Like, that's what I like. They seem like cool guys. Like, that's what I want to be. I want to be, you know, fit, um, you know, in charge leading. Um, I want to be doing all these things. And so they actually modeled that for me a lot. And I, I think, you know, from my, under, from my, what I think is they took me under their wings. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was on this team with them and, uh, and so, 
again, you know, they pushed me even farther. And I think a big part in my life and even up to this point of how I manage stress, um, RTC, RTC and that year at Gardner Webb taught me that stress is a good thing. A lot of people think in my, you know, the way I think about it is stress is a good thing. You need stress to grow. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, run a half marathon or do an Ironman, um, you can't accomplish that by sitting on the couch. Like you have to put your body through stress. Like you have to work out, you have to push yourself. It's the same thing mentally, right? Um, and so you're building up these mental muscles. Um, and, you know, being that freshman year at, at Garden Web was the perfect time for me to do that because I was hungry for it. And again, education started to click. And so I actually started to understand how to learn and the importance of learning and how I learn. Um, and I think that was a big part of it is understanding how I learn the unique way that I learn. I think everyone has unique ways that they they learn things. And so it's important to learn that about yourself. And so I that was able I was able to do that there. And um again, you know, as a freshman waking up at five o'clock every morning, you had to not only had you had to wake up and when you didn't wake up on time, you got chewed out and you 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 paid the you paid the penalty for it. Um, um and so, you know, that happened multiple times. So I got kind of checked up a few times about, you know, making sure I'm on time and um again apart from hanging out with you i hung out with those guys the rest of the time mm -hmm. i mean every morning um and it's crazy what a year will do a year of constant habits and behaviors and lifestyle what that can do for you and in my in, in my experience it was a very positive one it was really hard really hard um but i learned so much about myself and um you know i kind of walked underneath these guys as they were modeling this and we ate, we ate breakfast together every morning. And, um, you know, we did different weekend trips for trainings and stuff. And so, um, again, you know, they're, they've actually gone off and now they're, you know, have served in the army and special forces and, and, and done very well for themselves. But, um, and so kind of, yeah, that was my, um, that was my experience at Gardner Webb and kind of going back to the stress thing is, you know, a lot of people think stress is bad. And again, I think the military, the, not the military, excuse me, I was not in the military, but ROTC taught me that stress is a good thing and it's, uh, it's actually needed to grow. And just because something is hard doesn't mean it's bad. Um, you know, you can have a, you can have a good, hard thing, right? It can be a good situation mm -hmm. like it was, but it can be really hard and tough and you have to work through it. And you, and that's how you, and that to, to how me, you that's grow. how I grow, grew so much that first year. And I think that set me up, honestly, it set me up. I can confidently say it set me up up to tonight when we're filming this, right? Um, and I think it's it sets me up even going further than that in my life um, as a as a professional, as someone who likes to serve in the community, and as a as a parent, as a husband. So, um, yeah, that one year at Gardner Webb um, and RTC did it for me. Um, yeah, you you grew a lot from going, you know, in high school to where we were to freshman year, and then you know. We both transferred out, which yeah. you can, you know, talk about. Yeah. But I mean, we both were, you know, average students struggled and, you know, self-confidence in school was tough because mm -hmm. everyone around us or as I perceived, it came easy for them, but I had to work harder just to get that C. Um, but after freshman year, I mean, you were top notch, you know, in school. I mean, you still worked, but uh you knew what it took and, you know, ROTC really challenged you to become the man you are today and yep. have you know grown into yep. absolutely yeah 100 um and yeah i think i mean for you i think you know we learned about a lot about each other and i think that we hung out a lot still and i don't know how because i don't know thinking back like i don't know how i had the time 
um, to be sociable. Um, I feel like I was wrapped up in working out or, you know, studying or doing different training exercises and, you know, so, but, but we, but we did, we had a, I have a lot of memories of us, you know, hanging out with, you know, people and, and, and enjoying the college scene and, um, you know, enjoying ourselves in college. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there's many nights that, you know, I was already asleep. I remember we had bunk beds and I was slept on the bottom bunk and <laughs> I had to go, I wanted to go to bed early cause I had to wake up at five o'clock. And so I put like these like sheets and like, uh, blankets around the bottom of my bunk so it would kind of give me a tent to sleep in mm -hmm. um because you would walk in much later than me sometimes and i was a procrastinator yeah. and the library i think closed at 10 maybe and i'd always wait the last minute and so i'd be sitting at that little desk late at night you know working on a paper or yeah. something and <laughs> you've been asleep for a few hours uh -huh. and i'm stressing you know having anxiety <laughs> about this paper that i should have started three weeks ago yep. Yep. and <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, because college was just the next thing to do in life, I hadn't, didn't have a purpose really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, it was just more freedom for me. Um, so school was still a struggle because I was, you know, partying and, um, but you were someone I was able to look up to and I still look up to today. Um, just how you you know, took a hold of your life and, you know, made that change. And, you know, ROTC was, you know, a big foundation of that. But, um, you know, you've always been someone I've looked up to, I mean, prior to Gardner Webb, but even after more because of just how you, you know, 180 your life and understood what you needed to do and were able to get it done. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I appreciate that. And, you know, obviously I don't want to paint myself as someone who was perfect, right. I had my struggles and in different areas and, um, you know, was growing and, you know, in maturity. And so that was still a process. Um, I think it was just, uh, that year propelled me because I was put through the stress test. Like it was a one year of, you know, if it impact, I, I believe it in, you know, there's, there's things about it that's going to impact the rest of my life, but you know, you know, it's true that if it, it was impactful and, and very compact in that year, um, because, um, you know, those things I learned, like I said, are going to carry me different you know, lessons I've learned through the rest of my life, like not being late. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's a big one. Um, you know, I, I, you know, they would always kind of in my mind, I have, uh, you know, it's a saying that's, you know, early is on time on times late, late's unacceptable. And mm -hmm. so that's still a, that's still something I hold true today. Um, even, you know, coming here tonight, I was like, Hey man, I'm gonna be a few minutes late. I was actually early. You were early. You were, <laughs> um, but in my mind I was late. So, um, and that's something I used, I was used to always be late and, you know, at times I wouldn't even show up to events just because of my addiction <laughs> and struggles. Um, yeah, you've always, you know, you've learned to be on time and since everything that happened last year, that's something I've really worked on. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was just, you know staying up late and never having enough sleep and just yeah. being always lethargic. Mm. Um, but now like I start to get a little anxiety or butterflies if I'm going to be late or, um, yeah. cause yeah, being on time is being a little early and mm -hmm. cause it gives you that time to be prepared for whatever yep. you're, you know, arriving for. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so I think, yeah, from, from that, um, I know there's an interesting story with you and I about us transferring. Um, and so, I don't, again, you know, I think it was one of those, uh, well, so going back really quick, I never, uh, I, I, I attempted to apply for a scholarship. There was something at that time in the army where they either were not accepting 
many more scholarships for commissioned officers or they were put it on hold. I don't know if it was the, the, um, there's too saturated in the military. I'm not sure what the situation was, but there was something prohibiting me that was out of my control from getting a scholarship. And with Garden Web being so expensive, to me, once I found that out, I was like, I can't stay here. Like, I cannot afford 30 grand a year for four years here. I'm going to be in debt up to my eyeballs. Like, mm -hmm. and so, and my dad had talked to me about, you know, hey, son, here's how loans work. Here's how interest work. You know, here's your interest rate and here's what it's going to cost you when mm -hmm. you get out. And so I had a good understanding of what that looked like. Um, and so I was like, like that to me was, and I enjoyed Gardner Webb, uh, the first year education, like I could have saw myself, you know, going there four years total. Um, but I, there's no way I was like, I gotta, I gotta go somewhere. I gotta go somewhere less expensive, but I want to stay in college. I like this. And, um, and, uh, so from there, kind of the military kind of, there was a trickle effect of, you know, all right, well now that's kind of, um, you know, maybe not an option anymore. And, um, but anyway, um, so I was like, I have to transfer. And so I, I think at the same time, you maybe for different reasons, I'm not sure, but you were also Very having, different reasons. Yeah, for you, it was, uh, I wanted you know. a party. I wanted a school that was an actual college, Yeah, you know, Gardner Webb, great academic school. Um, but I've always kind of saw it and people I've heard people refer to it as a suitcase school. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't play a sport there. You know, I was thinking about playing basketball, but was injured and that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, you know, and you were plugged in with ROTC and had your group. And for me, it was a dry county. You know, I couldn't party really. And that's something I wanted to do in college because yeah. um, I thought that's what you did in college. You, mm -hmm. you know, you got an education, a piece of paper and partied. Yeah. Um, which is not the best way to do it, you know, because I kind of just wandered through college and yeah. and then, you know, even after college, not sure what to do and, you know, had my struggles. But um, so that was the reason for me wanting to transfer. Just it was too boring for me. We'll just put it at that. Which, by the way, um, I was at the uh, my wife and I um, were at the park with our daughter um, a couple weeks ago, and there was a, a, a guy, a father there with a, a daughter. He had his daughter that was roughly uh, our daughter's age. And uh, so we got, I got to talking to him and, you know, hey, where are you from? This and that. I like, go, oh, I'm from Shelby. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I told him, hey, I went to Gardner Web for a year. He's like, oh, actually, like, I'm from Bowling Springs. And he's like, I just don't tell people that because no one, people know Shelby more it's than a one stop Bowling Springs. Town. Yeah. And he goes, um, He's, I think his, his dad, his, one of his parents worked there or something. But anyway, um, he said, actually, it's not a dry county anymore. Um, they, and they actually just opened up the first like sports bar and we're serving alcohol in the town. Like it was in the main strip. Wow. And, he go, uh, and I was like, oh man, that's a big, that's a big deal for, for <laughs> Boiling Springs. Um, you know, being, it being, uh, you know, a dry county prior. And he said that, uh, he said, yeah, it only lasted about three months, three or four months. I think he said is it because it burned down to the ground. And I was like, that seems a little sketchy. Um, you know, three months, you know, dry county just flips it and now it allows for, I guess, uh, you know, to sell alcohol. And and then they open up the first bar in town and it burns down three months later. So I don't know what that's about. But uh, but yeah, interesting fact that is know, everything closed at eight o'clock. Yeah. there. Like even the fast food, the mm -hmm. KFC, I think, and the parties or something, yeah. parties or something yeah. like everything was closed. So apparently, by it's eight not a, it's, apparently it's not a dry, a dry county or a dry town. Hmm. Fun fact. So. That is fun fact. <laughs> um, but I think the um, I think I think I think I ended up 
broach in the conversation of transferring first. You did. And then yeah. I, because we were sitting in our dorm <laughs> I room. I was nervous because I, I was like, yeah, I feel like he's in, I'm going to be, I feel like he's going to think I'm leaving him, you know, for a school. Like I don't want to be his roommate or something, but I was pretty nervous about it. It was a big, big conversation for me yeah. to have with you. And uh, I think you were relieved because I think you were having Just, the same, the same thoughts, right? Yeah. And I would have stayed at Gardner Webb if you had stayed, yeah. but <laughs> transferring had been on my mind. Yeah. Um, yep. just because I was looking for different things to do in college, yep. um, you know, not healthy things, but, um, yeah. So when you said that, I was like, all right, you know, we're going to transfer too. <laughs> yep. I've been thinking about it yeah. and then it was what schools, um, then I decided on Appalachian. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I went to, I ended up transferring to UNC Charlotte or now it's called Charlotte. No, there's more UNC. It's just Charlotte. They rebranded themselves. Um, huh. And so, yeah, interesting. This is actually the new logo. Oh, I like it's that. Cool. It has yeah. the pickaxe in the center, in the in the C. Oh, yeah. Marketing genius. That is. Yeah, I thought it was pretty slick. I do pretty like slick. that. But anyway. So what'd uh, you do at Charlotte? So, yeah, ended up transferring there. Um, and I did um, up until my senior year. Um, actually, uh, so I was obviously born and raised in Charlotte. Um, up until my senior year, I actually lived on campus. Um, or right off campus in an apartment, that was kind of an important, I think an important step for me was to, even though I was 40, 45 minutes away from the house, like I could have easily commuted up. Um, but I felt like I needed to stay on campus, um, much more affordable, um, ended up actually, um, applying and getting into the engineering program there. Um, so, you know, being an average student, you know, to, not really liking school to applying to and getting applying into, the into the getting engineering school, um, at UNC Charlotte. So, uh, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's accept the challenge. Um, and you took it head on. And I did, yeah. And I think I ended up with uh, going back to Gardner-Webb. Um, I did, you know, fairly well in math. And there were some things actually in ROTC that were, you know, uh, a little bit more. Uh, uh, I enjoyed the mindset and the problem-solving mindset of of engineering. Um, and uh, I'd actually talked to someone about, you know, being a in, in going into the engineering field within the army and kind of doing so i've started to kind of learn about a little bit about engineering my dad was is well, still is and at the time was an engineer as well didn't really know a lot about it but i knew it was a good career field um and so um ended up going into um um engineering um and then concentrating uh kind of doing a um kind of a a discipline track, I guess you could say in fire protection engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, and at this time, um, military was kind of fading away and I was, I was good with that. I had a, you know, there was definitely a struggle of getting over that of like, man, I feel like this is something, you know, I should do or want to do. Um, but I, I think, you know, God just kind of put it at rest in my heart and I was at peace about it, but I did know I wanted to go into, um, it was the first year I was actually more so just in engineering and learning, kind of getting some of the core classes. Um, and then I quickly realized like, Hey, like I don't want to necessarily be at a computer. Um, I thought about being a firefighter, um, uh, as well, kind of during that time. And so it's kind of along the same track of a firefighter, there's prior protection and I actually get to impact people and design safe buildings and keep people safe. And so that appealed to me. Um, uh, and so, um, is actually interesting. I read something kind of a, a not to get down a, a rabbit hole, <laughs> um, but uh, there was a, a study that came out. It was some sort of credible study done at a university. Um, I don't remember the the really the details of it, but it talked about uh, kids growing up kind of in our age range um, around that um, kids that were 
kids that were old enough to understand 9-11, um, mm. September 11th, yeah. the terrorist attacks, um, but not old enough to where they had already kind of made a decision to do something else with their life career field. Um, and it actually looked at this, these group, this, you know, sample size of, of a pretty large population of kids in our age range. Mm. And it talked about actually the drive to, um, to do something that impacted people, people's health, people's safety. Um, so it could be, you know, um, nursing or healthcare. It could be going into doing marketing for a healthcare organization. It could be going into, um, fire protection to impact people and keep people safe. It could be police off, you know, being a police officer, it could be going into, you know, counseling, um, whatever it may be, but there was a, there was a drive from uh, this, this, what they found is that there was a significant drive to do something that kept people safe or kept people healthy. Um, in this group of, um, people that was around nine 11. And, um, when they were interviewed, um, I guess they interviewed the same, you know, the sample and, um, a lot of them actually referenced 9-11 and how that impacted them. And there was a whole, you know, back in 9-11, right, there was a whole shift of keeping people safe and are you safe and are you well and how are you doing? And it, it, it was a, it was a, it was a obviously a terrible, tragic time, right, for the, mm -hmm. for the country, but people came together yeah. um, and, and, and cared for each other and watched out for each other. And so, it was actually, I think that was a big part of our lives, um, was kind of during that time we were in fifth grade, I guess, <laughs> yeah, fifth fourth or grade. Fifth, yeah, fifth grade. Yeah. And so we were old enough to understand what, what, what happened. Um, and so, um, so I don't know if maybe that played a part in my, in my career track, but ended up going, um, into the fire protection engineering field. Um, and, um, and so, you know, again, living on campus, um, and it, and I, I mentioned that this guys at Gardner Webb that I like, you know, that I was trying to, to strive after like, Hey, like this seems like the type of guy I want to be. Um, and so for me at Gardner Webb, everything progressed emotionally. I was, I was stronger and more healthy from an emotional standpoint, stronger, more healthy from a mental standpoint, stronger, more healthy from a physical standpoint. But my spiritual life was pretty stagnant, um, at Gardner Webb. And so, um, you know, got to UNC Charlotte. And, uh, again, I think God put men in my life who were, uh, who I was like, man, like these guys are, you know, rocking and rolling with their spiritual life. Like they're just, they got it together. Um, you know, um, they're confident in that. And so I think at UNC Charlotte is where my, my spiritual, uh, journey in life kind of progressed significantly there. Um, and it was again, because there was men in my life. Um, and that's kind of a common theme of like through different seasons, like there's men in my life who are maybe a season or two ahead of me. And I'm like, man, like they've got it together. Like that's who, like, uh, that's who I want to try to be like. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my drive and motivation was not to like be a copycat or mock them, but, um, you know, to mirror them or be just like them, but it was, Hey, like, I want to strive to be more like them in different aspects of their life. Um, and so UNC Charlotte was great for that. And those four years that four years there and got involved with campus outreach, um, and, uh, some different things, uh, some different, uh, capacities there. Um, so that was great. Um, but yeah, I did the, you know, live, lived and, you know, did schooling at UNC Charlotte. And that during that time I started to work, um, actually part-time in the summer, full-time, and then actually part-time at the engineering firm my dad worked at. Um, and so again, engineering school and different, you know, capacities in at UNC Charlotte serving at and, and being involved in, and then also throw on top of, you know, 15, 20 hours a week at an engineering firm. 
And so I was pretty busy um, and doing lots of learning there. And um, again, uh, being put to the stress test continually with, with especially with school and, um, you know, the academic piece of it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it took me uh, three and a half years. Uh, so it took me, no, I did five years, excuse me. I said three and a half years at UNC Charlotte, but one year at Gardner-Webb, but it was actually ended up being a total from Gardner-Webb to graduating at UNC Charlotte five years. Um, so I graduated, yeah, a year later than uh, I guess what you did, right? Yeah, because I was four and a half. Yeah, okay, um, gotcha. So. I was thinking back because, um, and so kind of during this time too, um, I don't want to forget, I was dating my girlfriend at the time, um, who's now my wife. Um, so we're high school sweethearts. Um, and so she graduated from Chapel Hill in 2013. So I was, and we were the same, we graduated this yep. year high school. So yeah, I was 2014 at UNC Charlotte. Um, and so we did the whole long distance thing, um, in college and kind of, you mentioned, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, roommates, you know, being roommates with your best friend can either like, you know, keep the fire, you know, kind of strengthen your relationship mm -hmm. or it can, you know, you know, demolish it. Yeah. Um, and so the same thing, I think people, what people told and I, uh, told, told us, and I actually agree with them having experienced it. Um, is that, you know, long distance relationships can, you know, either, you know, strengthen your relationship or it can demolish it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, that was, uh, you know, I look back and, you know, I'm thankful, um, you know, we wanted to see each, I wanted to see her for more, um, obviously, but I was actually thankful that we actually got our own friend group and we visited each other and we, and, you know, I was still, you know, local. Right. Um, mm -hmm. um, and so when she came home, we saw each other. So we saw each other a good bit. Um, but we were actually able to have our own, uh, separate kind of lives in college, um, and didn't feel like we had to be kind of with each other the entire time if we would have went to the same school. So, um, there were some definitely pros there, but it definitely strengthened the relationship. And, um, and so, um, but yeah, um, so that's kind of my, uh, my journey at UNC Charlotte. Um, and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Love the education, love the school. Haven't been up there in a few years. Um, I know it's grown a ton, mm -hmm. but, um, um, but yeah, great, great school. Loved every, loved every minute, minute of it really. Um, and, uh, you know, got to have a, you know, a, you know, a good, good friend group up there and, and some that I still keep up with uh, to, to this day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit about UNC Charlotte and kind of where I was at there. Um, and, um, and then, you know, kind of going from that, you know, ended up, uh, you know, graduating and, uh, you know, getting married, um, a, a year after, uh, was it a year after? No, 20, yeah, 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 right? 2015. So yeah, about a year after. Um, and, um, yeah, so, uh, we're married still, you know, happily married, uh, to Amy and, um, and, you know, so kind of really kind of fast forwarding, you know, there was a lot that happened, um, right. Um, switching jobs and, um, kind of career fields, um, in a way. Um, but again, it was just kind of the, the ebbs and flows of life and, um, you know, all this time was still, you know, staying, try to stay strong mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually, um, and, you know, getting involved in our local church and serving in different capacities there and, you know, doing trips, you know, with Amy, you know, we didn't have kids, um, at the time. Um, and so, uh, really just, you know, you know, thinking back through it, it was, you know, uh, there weren't a lot of, um, thankfully a lot of like big challenges or setbacks or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at the time, uh, you know, kind of fast forwarding, uh, when you're married long enough, if you want to, right. If this is a, a desire, uh, to have kids, like you start talking about having kids 
And so that was a desire of Amy and I was to to have a family and have ki- a kid or kids. Um, and so we started talking about that. And when you start talking about having kids, um, you start to, you know, envision, hey, what's life going to be like? Um, you know, uh, you know, you start to kind of have this image in your mind about what life is going to be like with a kid. And you think of, you know, everything from, uh, oh, yeah, parents are so close. Everyone gets to come see, you know, our baby. And, you know, we surrounded by our friends and family. And it's, you know, it's great. And get to do all these things. And so that was the, the, the vision. Um, when we started talking about having kids, that was kind of the vision that Amy and I had, at least for me. Um, and it was, you know, a normal, <laughs> normal parenthood. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we ended up, you know, getting pregnant, um, and, uh, and having, uh, our daughter, um, actually, uh, in April of 2020. So you think back April, 2020, what do you think of COVID, COVID shutdowns, right? Nothing's yeah. open um everyone's staying away from each other um there's this virus out there that no one knows what it's about no one knows and so it's hard to think about it now because we know a lot more right Mm -hmm. um and you know you know they've uncovered a lot about you know this virus and all that but at the time you know you knew what you knew and that was nothing right yeah it's just there's this virus out there is getting people sick no one knows what to do things are shutting down and um something we had never experienced yeah something we never experienced before right there's no playbook on it um on, on this um and uh, how to navigate that so um and so amy and i for you know i think you know this chad uh, but amy and i are pretty uh risk averse when it comes to decision making right mm-hmm. um you know you know uh, really about everything right um you know about big decisions small decisions uh financial decisions whatever we uh amy and i are pretty risk averse, which there's some pros to that, but there's also some cons, uh, to being, uh, uh, to being that way. Um, and so Amy and I are like that, uh, for the most part. Um, and I like, for me, like I tend to value and lean on and, um, navigate towards comfort, safety and security. Um, and so you have that. And then on top of that, you couple that with being first time parents. And so you have first time parent syndrome, uh, you know, baby, you know, baby drops passy on the floor. You put passy in the boiling water because, you know, there's all sorts of crud all over it. Right. Yeah. So that's the kind of mindset you're in is we're first time parents. We've never done this before. Um, take away COVID for a second. Right. Um, as first time parents, it's just a lot of learning. And you're like, what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what to do. Like, we've never done this before. So there was that. And then on top of that, you couple on COVID and this virus and everything shut down. And then so. Um, you know, with that, you know, we had to make, I, for me, I kind of in my mental health journey, um, like 2020, um, was like the, was the Valley, um, when it came to, um, just, you know, mindset, anxiety about the future. Cause to me, when I think of anxiety, again, this is my definition. This is not a, uh, science-based definition or psychology or psychology based definition, but to me, anxiety is, fear of the unknown or the uncertain or the future, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's to me, like when I get anxiety, it's about something in the, in, in the future, whether that's short-term or long-term about something that I don't know how it's going to turn out, or, um, there's some uncertainty of how things will happen. Um, and so for me, you know, there was definitely some of that, right. Um, you know, so Amy and I had to make a lot of tough decisions, um, with an infant baby you know, who gets to see, who gets to see her? Uh, How did, what's that look like? Is it through a storm door? Do they have masks and gloves on? 
you know, having to make difficult decisions about, you know, family members and who gets to see them. And again, during this time, like as first time parents, like our hopes were that we could lean on our parents um, for help and support. And they were of tremendous help and support, but they had also never brought a baby into the world with a during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So there was no, again, I said there was no playbook on it. There was no playbook on how to raise a kid in a pan, a baby in a pandemic. And, uh, and so we, it was, we, you know, Amy and I kind of felt like, you know, it was us against the world. And some, at sometimes, um, again, our parents were super supportive, loving. They did everything we asked them to, um, checking in on us. Um, but again, there was no, no one was giving us any guidance on how to do this because no one knew. No one knew. Um, and so through this, our marriage, I think strengthened tremendously because we kind of had that, Hey, it's us. Like it's, we're a team we do it's this. Us against, uh, against this pandemic. Right. And we're raising this baby and there's nothing we're going to do to make us risk our baby's health or safety. Like, like it's, That's your pride yeah, we're, we're, we're locked arms. We're doing this. Um, and so, you know, I think our marriage strengthened significantly. Um, it was already great before that, but, um, it strengthened even more, um, was the pandemic and we learned a lot about each other and how we think and how we process and how we deal with grief. Um, because there was a lot of grief. Um, and I learned a lot about myself on how I, how I handle those situations. And oftentimes Amy and I dealt with things differently, um, and needed to deal with things differently. Um, sometimes I didn't need to be talked to, I just need to be left alone. And sometimes Amy wanted to be talked to and like to, you know, talk through things and process things. So, um, and so we learned a lot about each other there. Um, but again, kind of, if I had any sort of, uh, glimpse into what, what individuals, um, you know, are challenged with, with, you know, anxiety, like, I think I got a glimpse of that during mm -hmm. that 2020 year. Um, because there was definitely times where, um, I felt, um, like more stressed than I ever have physiologically, um, my you know, my heart, my blood pressure, my, you know, my heart rate, um, you know, how I felt like it just felt like, oh my goodness, like this feels different. Um, and it was through the thick of, you know, again, of having to make hard, conver difficult conversations, uh, having to make difficult decisions and hard, have really hard conversations. Um, and, uh, but and for the best interests of our, our daughter, um, and, uh, but to me, it was that uncertainty about the future and, and the fear about that. And our daughter isn't going to have a normal life and she's missing out on so much and we're, you know, missing out on a lot. So, um, you know, there was times where, you know, I think back, you know, and what I appreciate about, you know, you is your vulnerability, right. And sharing all your, you know, your story and having people on to share theirs. Cause I think hopefully everyone can, you know, learn and take away. I know I have, you know, I've listened to most of the pod, uh, your episodes and, I've taken away a lot. I loved your, you know, listen to your parents because that was. I mean, that was the first real conversation we yeah. had kind of in depth about yep. just life yeah. and the journey that I had been on and put them through because mm -hmm. they had their own journey as well yeah. through that. Cause I learned so much. They about didn't have their, a playbook. Story. Yeah. On, no, they didn't. You know, yeah. there's books you can read on children with addiction and depression, anxiety, yeah. but you know, a lot of parents don't read those until they have a child who's going through that. And then yeah. it's, what does that look like? Um, yeah. So yeah, if you haven't listened, go check out episode yeah, 23 sure. with my Great. parents. Um, Cause there's a lot that anyone can learn, you know, yeah. whether you're oh, a parent yeah. or you're um, a person who's kind of in my shoes dealing with, you know, depression, anxiety, addiction, and just trying to find yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Cause anxiety 
I still deal with anxiety, but it's different anxiety now. Um, you know, the anxiety I used to have was, oh, why did I do that? You know, I shouldn't have done that or the consequences because of that action. So that was a lot of the anxiety. Um, and then just, you know, the past, how that was going to affect the future. And, you know, just the present moment was just slipping by because mm. I wasn't living in it. And now the anxiety I have, and thankfully I have a lot of tools and coping skills to, you know, be able to handle that anxiety, but it's, you know, career as we were talking about prior, mm -hmm. um, you know, being single, not being married or having a family, which I desire, but you know, I can't, it's out of my control. You know, it's God has a plan, I believe for me. And, um, when, and if those things are to happen, it'll happen at the right time and when it's supposed to be. And I just, you know, I can only do what I can do today and deal with today's problems right now. And if tomorrow comes, I deal with tomorrow and it's a fresh, you know, day for new opportunities because uh, you can't undo the past. So it's just learning how to deal with that anxiety and accept life as it comes, but also prepare yourself for life, you know, not just going through like everything's happy go lucky because it's sure. not life hits yeah. you. And how do you deal with that? Because um, I believe anxiety, you know, affects everyone, but it affects everyone differently because we yeah. all deal with it differently. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you're 100% right. And to me, like, that was the first experience I'd ever like, again, had a glimpse of what anxiety felt like. Um, and, uh, and so but you're right, you know, you mentioned, I think you made a comment about, you know, not being in the present. Um, and so I, one thing I learned about that was when you're super stressed out, and you're worried about the future. Um, for me, it was I let the present moment slip by, and you're kind of removed from the present when you're when you're consumed by, you know, the future or the unknown, um, or even past regrets or what have you. Um, and, um, but yeah, so I think for me, there was, and I don't know, again, there's all these different, um, you know, tools and coping mechanisms and awareness is huge, right? If you can be aware about, you know, what you're feeling, um, or how you react in certain situations that can give you the power to actually make change. Um, mm -hmm. if you're not aware, um, you actually have to have the motivation and the, the, the desire to change, but I think one of the, the base pieces of that is being aware of how you're made and how you react, um, how you feel when you, you are anxious or, or, you know, are experiencing anxiety. Um, and for me, I think a lot of things that I did, um, in this, you know, a lot of things that I did from a coping standpoint, um, because you can handle, you can handle anxiety or depression. You can handle those in unhealthy ways. Um, you know, and yeah. so, uh, there's two ways you can go, right. You can, you can, you can, you know, try to go down the path of healthy or unhealthy to, to cope and, you know, manage, um, that, um, and I don't know why, um, it's one of those things where I never have, you know, mental health was not talked about mm -hmm. when we were, when we were kids and even in really in college. And it was really just, I mean, you know, everyone started, which is great. Um, right. I mean, people are being more open and vulnerable and that's what they need. Cause it just lets everyone know we're all, you know, everyone, You're not alone. Has, yeah, everyone has a story and, um, but I had never really, you know, listened much, read much about it, you know, watch much or, you know, learn, try to learn about mental health and anxiety and, and, uh, and coping with, you know, feeling anxious or stressed. Um, I just naturally started to do certain things that I was like, I feel like I should do this. I feel like it would help. And so, for example, some of those things were, 
Um, and later on, and I'm actually kind of interested in it now and learning about kind of the neuroscience and how our brains operate and, and how all that's connected and learning about that. I, I'm connecting things that I did back in 2020 that I had no idea what I was doing, but in my mind, I'm like, I just feel like this will help. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like Amy and I, um, spent ton of time outside, like in nature. And that was a coping mechanism for Amy and I was to get outside, get in nature, be around trees and water, um, you know, mountains, you know, trails, whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, be outside and go hiking. And so for us, that was a huge piece of it. One, we couldn't go anywhere else because everything was shut down. But two, um, the, the presence of nature is just a calming, is just, just calms you. It's a natural, it, it naturally calms you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, for me, I never walk out in nature and start to feel stressed out or more, more stressed out than I was or like, hey, nature's stressing me out. Like, <laughs> no, it's the, for me, it's the, almost the opposite, right? It calms you. Um, unless you're up against like a tornado or something like that may stress you out. But, um, so that was for us was, was that piece of it. And then, you know, walking, we did tons of walking. And one thing I just learned was, um, I'm, there's a, there's a guy, um, I think his name's Andrew Holberman. Um, he's out of Stanford. Um, and I, I listened to some podcasts, um, and it, he was on this one podcast. It was five hours long, but I listened to the whole thing. Cause it was like, Oh my gosh, this is so interesting. And a lot of what he's describing is the science behind kind of what I felt like I should do, mm -hmm. um, to cope and like walking is that actually, uh, they found that actually activates walk forward motion. Um, and so walking, running, jogging actually activates a part of the brain that inhibits fear. And so walking forward actually, uh, actually blocks fear. Um, and so it's actually, it's a, in, 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 it's a, in, it's a proven way of natural coping with, uh, with anxiety is, mm -hmm. is actually going outside and going on a walk. Do you ever like, I know, um, speaking, uh, kind of hearing, um, knowing some professional, uh, some people that are in that profession, um, they actually say like when they're talking with somebody, they go outside and they do like a, a, a loop, like a walk outside in nature and they walk and they talk with them through that. And that's actually a, a proven way to actually cope with what they're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, because a lot of the rehabs or treatment centers I was in, and even some of the psych wards, you know, um, and the psych wards, we would go out and they had, you know, yard time or whatever, mm -hmm. um, just to get you outside. But then in the treatment centers, we'd have groups outside sometimes, yeah. um, and just take walks and be in nature, just, yep. and, you know, changing up your scenery, but then being also kind of one with nature. And, yeah. uh, it definitely is a big coping mechanism. And, you know, like earlier today I was having some anxiety and instead of, you know, sleeping more, um, you know, continuing my nap up until you got here you know, I was like, I'm gonna get out and just mow the yard and yeah. kind of change my scenery walk and just be out in nature. I mean, it definitely helps. And something that, you know, I tend to draw to as a coping mechanism when I'm yeah. dealing with stuff just to get out and, you know, move forward and put on a podcast or sermon or something uplifting, Johnny, to get my mind away from the negativity and the self doubts or lies that I'm, you know, telling myself and the fears of, you know, the future and just the anxiety, as you said, unknown, mm -hmm. you know, which is a big problem that a lot of people deal with just unknown at fear. There's fear in that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's cool. And even, uh, I'll talk about a few more kind of, of things that I, you know, just recalling of kind of some of the ways that Amy and I, and as an individual coped, um, with, you know, some of that stress and, um, anxiousness, um, but kind of going off of, um, on the mowing is, you know, I, and I, I, I didn't do this really 
typically in this in this experience but um you know when you're mowing right mowing is one of those things where you get to see the fruits of your labor um right you go out to a nasty large you know uh you know gr- overgrown yard and you get to cut the grass and like there's effort in that and there's reward in that um and i think part of you know um like part of fulfillment um and doing things uh, and finding joy in things is actually putting in hard work and then seeing the fruits mm-hmm. of that labor um working with your hands and things and that's part of why i love woodworking actually i i tell people it's my therapy um because that's what for me is what 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 what, what woodworking is excuse me um, um but i can talk about that more in, in a little bit here um but yeah so a couple other ways of things that i just kind of naturally found uh, that I was doing was, you know, you know, telling Amy, like, Amy, like this was a heavy conversation. Like I need to go outside, just, just need to go outside and I need to uh, just take practice my breathing, uh, focus on my breathing, you know, quick inhale or quick, quick, uh, inhales, slow exhales. And, um, and that just felt good to me and it calmed me down, uh, sometimes. Um, and, you know, and again, breathing exercises and focus on your breathing like that's a, a proven way and again mm-hmm. that's not something i really knew but it's just something like hey this feels it works it, for me. it works um and then uh the last thing uh, and um this is something that i've and i honestly forgot about this um and and amy was um talking about it one time but again we were you know again during this 2020 year there was a lot of we feel like we were missing um and uh with just out on uh you know, doing with, you know, with our daughter and experiencing things with her and having her experience and having our family experience her to the fullest extent. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of times where, you know, we were just on the couch or in the house somewhere and, you know, her, you know, her and I both just like had conversations and like, it was just, you felt like, you know, the conversation was going downhill, just like, this is bad. This is bad. This is not how it should be. And so it's a lot of, it was a lot of that. Um, uh, you know, having that, those conversations, there were certainly times where, you know, that was the case. And, um, a couple of times, uh, you know, we just kind of both said like, Hey, we need to stop. Like, let's just be in silent, just be silent for a few minutes. Um, and then a couple of times I, I said, Hey, go grab a pencil and a paper and let's write down everything that's good. Um, and so practicing gratitude, mm-hmm. even in like tough, messy terrible but felt like terrible times where you think like everything is bad and nothing is good um there's always good in, in situations um and so but even more than just thinking through it actually taking your hand to a pencil and paper and writing those things down one by one and then reading them aloud um just you know further drilled that in of like hey you know you know you know our daughter's healthy we're healthy you know i have Amy and I both had more time than we ever thought we would have with our daughter. Um, cause I was working from home. Um, Amy, uh, was, was also working from home and then she ended up, um, uh, and to this date, um, ended up, uh, pausing her career and being a stay at home mom. And so, you know, we both got more time than we ever thought. And, and still to this day, that's kind of how it is with working from home. And she's a uh, work, uh, she's a stay at home mom. And I know, we're extremely blessed to be in that situation because a lot of families aren't or don't have that ability to. Mm -hmm. And so, but that was kind of during that time as well. And so there was all these things, these good things that were, you know, going on, like our parents were around and able to, you know, be with Claire. Um, and, um, and so practicing gratitude and writing those things down, um, 
And so those were a couple, those are two or three things that I just, we found ourselves naturally doing that really, you know, didn't know the reason why, but it just worked um, and actually helped us through a lot of those anxious moments. Yeah. Cause you always think, you know, oh, this is the worst thing ever, but you know, having that gratitude and stopping and thinking, you know, cause it could be worse. Someone has it worse than you. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, knowing that and just knowing that this will pass you know, I can get through this and um, just healthy coping mechanisms yeah. and just being able to talk about it, um, you know, with Amy mm -hmm. um, or whoever, you know, that person is to you for those listening, um, just speaking on it and just, um, you know, not dwelling on the fact, but just coming to a resolution and being, you know, practicing that gratitude will, uh, you know, make it a lot easier yeah. on you yeah. um so before we wrap up is there anything else that um you know you want to talk about or advice you have for anyone maybe yeah. for um someone listening that's a younger audience that's about college mm -hmm. and kind of um you know do i go to the military or what are the next steps yeah. after high school you know i'm not the yeah. best student college you know doesn't seem like the option for me you know what would be some advice for um, someone kind of exploring that? Yeah, um, that's, I mean, that's a great point. Um, I think that is definitely unique to my story and um, hopefully is useful to uh, maybe other individuals out there. Um, I think, so I think uh, my advice would be two or threefold. Um, and first would be consider, you know, I would encourage everyone, whether you're getting close to graduating or starting to think about your future, um, is, is consider all options and consider them seriously. Don't just think that it's the status quo to do something to, to do, to go to college, just to go to college. Like, and college is great, um, you know, and so not knocking that at all because um, I did college. I love college. I went back to school for my grad degree. Um, and I loved it that much. And so college is great. Um, but there are, there are truly other options out there. Um, and, in, and it's not an, or, but it's a, it can be a both and, um, and so whether that be, you know, going into a trade or going into the military, um, which, you know, people have extremely successful careers there and, and, um, you know, that can be a catalyst for what they do after the military, um, or whether it's college or the workforce, like there's a lot of options out there and, you know, don't necessarily just think that, Hey, I'm, I live here. I'm this old. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm supposed to do. Um, but really consider, consider the full spectrum of options and consider them seriously. And I would suggest to getting counsel, you know, if it's your parents, if it's your parents that, you know, you can lean on and trust on, um, I'll tell you, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, wish I would have listened to my parents a lot more. I think as you get older, you realize, you know, Hey, your parents were very wise. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and my parents are very wise and still are, but as a kid, you don't think that, um, but you know, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's someone a few steps ahead of you. Um, uh, maybe it's someone at your church or someone, you know, uh, maybe it's a coach, um, you know, but going to, going to someone a little bit more mature, a little bit that has some more life experience that can speak into your life about those things, I think is very healthy. So, um, you know, considering those options, seeking that wise counsel, and then also recognize too, that, when I was 18, my, my menial mind, I, I could not comprehend what my life would look at, look like, um, now, you know, when I was 18, like there's just no, if I, there's no way I would have ever guessed or thought about my today and what my life looks like. And it's, I love my life. It's great, but I just could not have, you know, pictured that. 
And so just know too, you know, whatever option you choose, it's not, it's not the end of the road. And I know from experience and just from knowing, having close friends and family, um, that, you know, what your what you think your life will look like may not actually be what your life turns out to be. And it may look completely different. And I'm saying that to myself now thinking, I know what my ex 10 years looks like, but I have no idea, right? It could, I mean, it could look completely different. So to someone, you know, considering those options, you know, think about it, consider it, you know, put in the time and the effort to, to make that decision of what's right at the time, but just know um, that it's, it's not just, you're not choosing the road, your, your road or your path for the rest of your life. Um, like I know, um, you know, I went to, to college with guys who were in the military who retired and were going back to school to get their bachelor's degree in engineering. And, you know, and so they did the both and right. And they were actually more mature and, and more prepared for college because they had the military experience. Um, I work in a, in an industry, um, I work for a corporation, um, that, um, uh, that is in the kind of the automotive industry. And I've met automotive technicians who went to school right after uh, high school, went to college, got their four-year degree, and now they're automotive technician and making really good money and loving every minute of it. Um, but they chose the college route and now they're in a trade. Fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. So again, you know, just because you're choosing one option doesn't mean that's the road you're on for the rest of your life. Um, and so consider it, consider it hard. It's an important decision. Um, but it's not the end of your life if you get in somewhere and, you know, and so that's, I mean, I think that can be a, a stressor for a lot of kids, um, and students, you know, is making the right decision. Right. Um, and again, um, put in that, put in that work and make a, a wise decision at the time, but a lot of other options out there. So that would be my advice is, you know, that's good advice, um, is to kind of take that route, um, for me, just on my personal experience and how I decided to do things at certain times of my life. And, um, I believe, um, you know, I'm a huge believer in, you know, if I were to look through my life at the time, my life looks chaotic. It looks all over the place. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense. There's ups, there's downs, there's turns, there's U-turns, you know, <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff. But then that's at the, that's kind of going through it in the middle of it. But when you're able to experience it and then take a step back after you're through that and you look at the trajectory of your life, you know, I believe that, you know, God laid out dif different, different, you know, stepping stones for me. And I was just walking on those stepping stones that like he was laying out and there was, he was opening doors and there was unique situations and things that only really he could do. Um, and I was just kind of, you know, you know, aimlessly following these things, not really knowing, but there was always a plan. And when you look back, the plan is so clear and how I got here. Um, and so I know that going forward as well as you know, that, Hey, it may not make sense right now, I may find, you know, there's situations uh, where I don't know what I'm doing or why I'm doing certain things, certain things. But I know that when I get through it or get to the other side or able to experience that and move on to the next season, I can look back and, and say, oh, wow, like there was there was things that doors open that were just felt like that were happenstance um, or insignificant moments that were actually really significant. Um, and, you know, that's why I'm able to have the clarity, I think, you know, with with school and Gardner Webb and ROTC. I was going through that. I was just stressed out, like, you know, to the max, um, having to manage all this stuff. And, uh, that was being thrown at me as a freshman in college. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, man, that was actually, that set me up for the rest of my life. That one year at Gardner Webb, um, I feel like is a, was one of the biggest years that I've had to date that really set me up, uh, for success. But in the moment, it didn't feel like that. But looking back, it was like, oh, for sure. Um, there were so many things I learned on how to 
even how to cope, you know, you know, with stress and, and, you know, being anxious. Um, you know, there was, there was things that were instilled with me back then and how to manage stress. I mean, um, and so, yeah, um, it's, you know, you go, you'll, you'll look back and see, see that, you know, the path was pretty clear and there was things that happened for a reason. So. Yeah. And you just got to trust it. And, you know, the anxiety of the unknown just tends to make it worse on yeah. you. Um, you just have to allow things to happen, but also trust the process and put yeah. in the work yeah. and the research for sure. um, yep. and it'll happen. Yeah. You know, that's something I've been learning and growing over this last year with career and relationships and just knowing it's going to happen when it's meant to happen and seeing doors open and doors close and um, just knowing, you know, nothing is permanent and nothing is forever. Yeah. Um, so, well, Tyler, it's yeah, been a brother. pleasure. Love you. Thank yeah, you for you coming too, on and yeah. sharing your story and, you know, your advice. Um, Cause it's going to help a lot of people who listen to this. Uh, so thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for uh, having me on. Um, I love what you're doing. Um, and you said, you know, you looked up to me a lot, um, you know, growing up and I mean, brother, I, I look up to you, um, much more right now and what you're doing. And so it takes a lot of courage, vulnerability. I mean, just to share your story. Um, it takes, it takes, it takes courage, it takes vulnerability. Um, and, uh, and broadcasting that to uh, an unlimited audience, right. It's out there for the world to hear if they want it. So, um, I know you're gonna do great things. Um, this is only the beginning. Um, and it's crazy to think what, this you how many episodes have you done this this is episode 27 27 so yep um yeah man 27 and 2700 more to go right so amen (laughs) because i mean it's a platform as i've uh said at the beginning of our mission statement it's a platform for people to come on and share their stories because we all have a story we all have struggles and you know the good news is we're not alone and so this platform is for people to come on share their story and allow their story to be heard by others um, who tune in and listen because uh, it's a community. And, you know, your story that is being told today can help someone who's in a boat position where you were, um, you know, facing going to Gardner Webb, going to college and then transferring and then, uh, you know, ROTC to engineering to that could be a role in the military to what you're doing now um so everyone's story um has meaning and it can help someone who listens because uh just hearing someone else's story allows you to know you're not alone and can resonate with uh you in a way that you might not have ever thought so thank you for coming on um thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode again uh you're not alone we all have a story we all have struggles um So if you want to, you know, share your story and uh, vulnerability, please reach out the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on the show. If you have any uh, discussion topics, questions for me, uh, please reach out Uh, again, subscribe on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple podcasts for weekly uh, episodes. And again, uh, the rabbit hole show all underscores on Instagram for uh, content and uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. Thank y'all.